Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford. So, overcoming pornography, it isn't just pushing a new thought into your mind to supersede the thoughts that have naturally occurred. I think we've all heard the analogy of the stage of your mind and how you can become totally free from the plague of our unwanted thoughts just by changing what's on the stage. While I think this is a worthy attempt to advise and assist those who are struggling with pornography, or other thought issues, uh, it really falls short in actual practice. And there was an experiment called the pink elephant or the white bear experiment that gave us a pretty good indication of what trying to push thoughts out of our head or trying not to think certain thoughts actually does. If you're not familiar with the pink elephant experiment, let me tell you about it. From the perspective of my favorite food, bacon. I love bacon. You probably have heard me talk about bacon on the podcast before. If you haven't, this is, uh, this is absolutely one of my favorite foods. The smell is inviting. The flavor is pretty much the most amazing combination of salty and umami. You know, the crunch uh, of it in a BLT sandwich is the absolute most perfect feeling in the world. So now that you're hopefully like fully in the grips of the desire for bacon, let's try my experiment. So starting now, right now, for the next 60 seconds, you're not allowed to think about bacon. And each time you think about bacon, you have to pay me a dollar. You can feel free to just Venmo it to me at the Self Mastery Coach. Um, part of the reason that you're going to need to pay me a dollar every time you think about bacon is to raise the stakes of this experiment. We're going to make it really important to you. And the higher the stakes of this experiment, the more difficult it's going to be for you to force your thoughts to stay away from that crispy, chewy, warm, savory bacon (laughs) that you've conjured up in your mind. As you try not to think about bacon, like I've asked you to, you might find that your mind is going to wander back to that unwanted thought. It's going to say things like, hey, you're not supposed to think about bacon. How, how do I not think about bacon? Let's go try and think about something else, right? And you might find that the smell of bacon in the morning greeting you from, the, from bed just kind of pops into your mind. And you might realize that you're thinking about your favorite kind of bacon, whether it's thin or thick, maple wood or smoked, really crispy or chewy. Just make a tally mark, you know, just count it on your fingers. Each time you think about this delicious, amazing bacon that you've eaten in the past, or, you know, each instance that all of your future bacon is going to be eaten, you know, as it pops into your mind. Anytime you think about the bacon in your food or on your plate, you might also notice how much money you're going to lose to me. Uh, Now, notice now when you lose money that you don't like it. So you try harder not to think about that mouth-watering, flavorful treat that you're not supposed to think about. All right, that's the end of the experiment. How did you do? Uh, If you're like most people, you probably found that 
bacon came to mind a lot more than you might have wanted, uh, especially since I was saying it a lot. Uh, that's that's part of the experiment. That's part of the the need for the experiment. And uh, we're going to talk about how this impacts you in terms of pornography, but just kind of understand that um, the naturally occurring things in our environment that make us think about things that we're trying not to think about becomes problematic, especially when it's something we're really trying hard not to think about. Uh, now, you don't really have to Venmo me, <laughs> but I mean, you can if you want, but you also might have noticed that if you took up the challenge for real and you really intended to send money, if you thought about any of the bacon, how much more difficult it became because of that loss factor. Uh, this is essentially uh, the, the pink elephant or the white bear experiment. And in a series of tests along these lines, researchers found that participants were more preoccupied with thinking about a white bear. In this instance, it was, it was the white bear, despite being asked not to think of one. The conclusion was that trying to suppress thoughts, quote, has paradoxical effects as a self-control strategy, uh, unquote, which basically can lead to obsession or preoccupation despite desiring and working toward the exact opposite. So in other words, when we try not to think of something and we actively work to distract ourselves from that thing, we are more likely to become obsessed with it and it is more likely to become the focus of our minds. So you probably have some sense of how this interacts with pornography in your life. But I'm going to share with you an experience I had recently with a client that shows how we tend to show up around pornography and how we can think about this issue in a new and I think a more effective way. So after this session uh, with my client, he texted me, you know, one of the things that I do with my clients is I say, hey, text me your plan. Let's, let's get it down on paper. Let's commit to something. And this is what he said. He said, what I'm going to work on. I'm going to, I'm going to, and this is a direct quote from him. Notice thoughts when they come along and practicing speaking to the thoughts saying, it's okay that you're here. That'll help me remember that they're part of me. And then I'm going to ask myself, does this thought serve me? If it does, how? If it doesn't replace it with a more validating thought. And he even already kind of started to understand the problem here because he goes on and this is uh, this is what he says about replacing thoughts. He says, I'm bad at that last part. What would you do to replace thoughts that don't serve you? Do you replace them by complimenting yourself? Do you do something kind for yourself? Any feedback is great. So if you listen to that whole uh, plan from him and you thought, well, a lot of that makes sense to me. It seems like a good plan. Before I overcame pornography myself, I would have thought that was a good plan too. But I've got news for you and I've got news for you know the old me that plan is terrible. And I'm, I'm obviously the person who's to blame here because I didn't do a very good job of explaining his new experiment. So I'm going to share with you what I shared with him. And I'm going to point out two issues with the way that he's thinking and trying to deal with his thoughts. So the two issues in this plan are first, your thoughts are not part of you. And second, trying to replace them with better thoughts is a losing battle along the lines of that pink elephant experiment. Rather than thinking that our thoughts are part of us, it's actually more helpful to believe that the, that the thoughts of our brain are like sounds coming from a radio. And that radio is a constant in our lives and it's constantly broadcasting. The part of your brain 
that does this is doing its best to let you know all the bad things that are going on in your life. You, I, I like to call this Radio Karen. Radio Karen is reminding you of all the bad things that you did in the past. And she's telling you of all the bad things that might happen in the future. And she's definitely there letting you know about all the things that are going wrong with you. Radio Karen, sorry, all those Karens out there that might be listening to this, sometimes offers you valuable ideas or thoughts. But it's not very often. It's not usually. So instead of believing that the thoughts are part of you, I want you to think of them as if Radio Karen were just there in your mind, always doing her job, but not who you are. In doing this, you can step away from Radio Karen, just like you could step away from a you know, regular old radio and observe her. You become the observer of your thoughts, become the observer of her broadcasts instead of a participant. When you are an observer, you're actually more likely to be able to objectively determine whether what she's sharing with you is valuable or not valuable. That part of my client's plan was uh, fairly good. It was actually perfect. Asking questions about, you know, what's going on with this, being objective, objectively determining the value of the belief that Radio Karen is broadcasting. That's absolutely value. The issue that he's going to have in the second part is trying to replace the thoughts that she's offering him with new, better thoughts. And, you know, this is like turning on a new radio and then like turning up the volume to try and drown out Radio Karen. A lot like trying to not think of bacon, Radio Karen's going to burst in there and break through and she's going to turn up her own volume to get heard. That is the battle that's created by trying to shove one belief off the stage to put something else on there. Each side is going to be pushing the other just to get a few seconds of your time. And the simplest reason why pushing a thought out of your head and replacing it with a new one won't work is the same reason that turning to pornography ultimately doesn't help us feel good over the long run. And that is that people aren't capable of controlling how we feel for long periods of time. We can do it in short bursts. And that's called willpower. And it ties into the fight or flight system that we all have that helps us control ourselves in acute moments and for finite periods of time. So if that isn't going to work, and I've talked about I've talked about willpower on this uh, on on the podcast, you can go back. There's I'm sure at least two uh, two conversations about willpower. I think one's called willpower is the wrong tool. Um, so if that's not going to work, if willpower isn't going to work, what is going to work? My client, uh, the one who said that he was accepting his thoughts as part of him and then trying to replace those thoughts, and anyone who's struggling to deal with unwanted urges thoughts and feelings needs to face them. You got to actually look them in the eye head on without thinking that, yeah, without thinking you can manipulate them or coerce our Karens out of existence. So how do we do this? The first step is to step back and become the watcher or the observer of your brain. No longer is everything that our brain offers us part of us or from us or even about us. It is simply something that's playing on a radio. Radio Karen, right? It's there. It's in the background. The same way the radio is, you know, plays in the department store or the grocery store. It's just in the background. When it offers us an alert, um, I don't know if you guys get these on your phone, these little, like amber alerts or storm warnings. We listen to it and then we look at it and we we decide if it's relevant. Like we do that all the time. Uh, 
And then if, if it's not relevant, we just go back to what we're doing and we just don't do anything about it. Or if it is relevant, we take measures, right? So when we lived in Wisconsin, we would get storm warnings pretty regularly that, you know, they have tornadoes and things there. Um, and sometimes we'd have to go down into the basement. Well, just like that, you know, if you're, if I'm sitting in Franklin, Wisconsin, and I get a storm alert for, uh, let's say Madison, Wisconsin, which is about an hour away, I'm going to look at that alert and I'm going to go, Oh, that's not really important to me. Not right now. Anyway, I'm going to go back to what I'm doing. Um, if I get one for Franklin, Wisconsin, that says tornado alert, go down into your basement. I'm going to look at that and I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to do that right now. Uh, if we can stop believing that our brain is offering us only relevant information, and then remember that it's offering us mostly negative information and not always useful information, then we can take a step back from it. We can observe it objectively, knowing that most of what it offers isn't relevant or even useful. In doing so, we can actually just engage curiosity to hear and judge what it is that our brain is offering. You know, I get those Amber alerts all the time from Northern Utah. They're like white uh, pickup truck, stolen child, right? And I feel for that child, but I don't obsess about it. I don't freak out about it. I don't go, I can't think about this right now. I take a look at it. I see there's something that is too far away for me to do anything about. And then I stop looking at it and I move on with my day. Radio Karen is like a constant barrage of Amber alerts and storm warnings. Most of them don't have anything to do with me or where I am or what's going on in my neighborhood. So I see them and I observe them and I look at whether or not they're worth my time. And then most of the time, I just go back to what I'm doing. Every once in a while, however, I see it and I say, oh, this is something I need to deal with. But not nearly as often as Radio Karen would like me to. The key here is to engage with this in the same objective way that you would engage with those alerts that you get on your phone or you hear on the radio. So when my brain says, I'm the victim because she shouldn't have done that, which by the way, this is exactly what my client thought. I'm a victim because my, my girlfriend shouldn't have done you know, this series of things that she did. And we take that alert and we just, instead of like freaking out about it, saying, yes, that's totally true. I am a victim here and start feeling bad. We just observe it. We become curious about it. Is it true? Does believing it help me in any way? Does this create the value in my life that it seems to present itself as? And so on. Oftentimes, the answer I give to these questions is no, but sometimes I get stuck. So instead of no, I say instead, maybe. For instance, you know, in this particular instance, you know, in, in going back and forth, having a conversation with, with my client, he believed I'm a victim because she shouldn't have done that was true. And it's an interesting idea that you're a victim because somebody else did something. But instead of saying yes to some of these things that Radio Karen offers us, it's often helpful to say maybe. Maybe, for me, has let me not have to dig into it it kind of frees me up from having to find the right answer. It lets the thing be without me having to refute it or embrace it or deal with it. And especially like a thought like this, where it really, it does feel, it feels terribly and, and uh, horribly true 
but there's nothing we can do about it. Even if it is true, you know, you can't go back and change things. You can't solve for what she did. Even if she apologizes, maybe that's, um, maybe that's helpful, but it's not really going to fix the thing. Maybe is a great answer because I don't have to refute it and I don't have to embrace it. I just have to be willing to say it is what it is using. Maybe is I, I like to call it. So it's basically choosing ambivalence, right? It, and I think it's a wonderful tool in this conversations that we have with radio Karen in doing that. We, we don't have to argue. We don't have to battle. You know, you don't have to reject. You simply render the issue a non-issue by saying maybe from a calm, clear place. And then you're no longer fighting with whatever your brain is offering you. And this is really the point of understanding what radio Karen is radio Karen, you know, the, you know, the Karen in the back of your brain, you know, that lower part of your brain that's constantly looking for danger, it is going to consistently and constantly send you bad negative news. That's what its job is. You're not going to be able to get rid of that. You're never going to be able to actively remove that from your life. What you can do is you can take a step back from it, stop listening to it uh, from a place of this is totally all the right stuff. And we all know that person. We all know somebody who's like so negative and always in the negative and we, we don't like being around them. And just take a step back from that radio and just saying, okay, maybe, do I need to worry about this right now? Is this going to solve any of my immediate problems? Am I actually okay, even if this is true? And allowing that to just be what it is and not be something that I have to fight with. We dig into these things pretty deeply in the membership. And if you want to know a little bit more about the membership, go to zackspafford.com slash free call. And you can sign up to participate in the Drop the Porn Struggle webinar that I'm going to run on May 17th at 8.30 Mountain Time. So you can get to it. It's a, it's a great time. Hopefully the kids are all in bed. You, you and your wife can come and sit and listen um, and ask your questions and dig into what's going on for you. We had, uh, I had a client who he just... He, he was on the call and then he came and he uh, did a, um, a free consult with me. And it was so, so mind-blowing for him. It changed his entire perspective. And it was a great opportunity for him to start down a path. And I think you can start down that path as well to drop the porn struggle and overcome pornography in your life forever. Instead of, instead of making it a forever struggle, overcome it forever. What an awesome opportunity. All right, you guys, I love you. I really appreciate all of you listening, um, share this with a friend. Please uh, review us on iTunes. That is the most, you know, if you're not going to, if you do nothing else to participate in this, review us on iTunes. That is going to give us the absolute best chance for sharing this message with anyone else who needs it. All right, my friends, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash work with me, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. 
You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link. And if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.